The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited to welcome you. I am in Charleston, South Carolina, and the weather is beautiful, and I sense some of that warmth and love to wherever you are, especially if you are sitting in some of the cold stuff that has been wrapping itself around us these last few weeks and months. And, you know, when you see some of those changes that are taking place in the world, whether it is weather or the economy or the healthcare system or anything, we have to say, what the heck is going on in this world? It's kind of changing at this fast pace, and so many people are wondering what it is that we need to do. And and what are we thinking? And maybe that's the whole point. Maybe our best thinking got us here, and now it's time to think in a brand new way. I've got an exciting show for you tonight, and and possibly I'm going to help you to understand a new way to think, maybe a way to quantum think. And that will be an exciting way to deal with all of these changes and understand what they're calling you forward to experience. But before we go into that, and my wonderful, wonderful guest, I just want to let you know that the Rebel Road is is uh, alive and well, and we are now traveling instead of in the RV. We are flying. The universe has connected the dots and given us the signs and asked us now to fly, and and that metaphorically as well as uh, literally. And so it just means the next step in the evolution of trust and adventure and expansion. And so we will be in Fresno, California, in the middle of March, uh, doing a beautiful event with Alea Deo, and it will be different because it will be the physical human experience between the merging of light and dark, love and fear, reality and illusion, but also now explained from how it looks in the higher realms as we go through this in the human realm. And so I'm looking forward to how that improv show shows up and, and what it turns into. In addition, I have been guided that all of the remaining shows are to be done by love donation and that they are to completely be a place of trust, see that even here everything can show up if you're willing to follow your heart, follow your dreams, and totally dive into the passion of your life so that you turn your world upside down into the world that you're actually desiring to live. After that, uh, the end of March, between March the 20th and March the 30th, we will be going to Taos, New Mexico, Albuquerque, Sedona, Arizona, and Chandler, Arizona. And you can find out all of the dates and information at therebelroad.com. So definitely do that. And if you're wanting to really embody some of these ideas of trust and connecting the dots, my book, Conversations with the Universe, is to help you connect the dots and trust life. And my newly released book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, 
is to assist you in stepping out of the paradigms that have been binding you so that you get your creative rebel on and dive into the passions and the play of the divine child that we all are. So I invite you to explore those if you have not. Now to my wonderful guest and the topic that we are going to be discussing. Do you quantum think? Are you ready to now see how the old world has conditioned you and it is perhaps not where we need to think or be from? Do You Quantum Think is the book that is written by author Diane Collins, and she has uh, allowed us to understand that there's a reason to dispel the myths of choice by hitting us where the realization that although we imagine we think and choose freely, this belief is in fact an illusion. We began to understand that our beliefs and institutions have been shaped by a 17th century industrial age reality that is now hopelessly outdated. Diane Collins reveals how this old world view thinking is limiting our relationships, our approaches to problem solving, and how we as a community deal with collective issues such as the environment, politics, and health. And then we're going to talk about quantum think, a new system of thinking that breaks us free of those old limits as we integrate the wisdom of cutting-edge scientific principles and timeless natural laws into daily life. Diane Collins is an original thinker and one of the foremost thought leaders of our time. Her life is dedicated to people living spirited, joyful, and masterful lives through leaps in awareness and the expansion of their approach to reality. She's a master of translating ancient wisdom into modern quantum terms that provide a practical and transformative platform for the way we conduct our business and our personal affairs. You can find out more about Diane at dianecollins.com. And now I'd love to welcome her to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much, Simran. It's such a joy to be here with you and with everyone in this conversation with us. And I just want to acknowledge your work and your, you know, the word that came to me before the show when I was thinking about you is you offer a treasure trove Mm. of light, of inspiration, and just so important as we're going through these dramatic and transformational, transitional times. So thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be with you. I'm so grateful for that. I appreciate that acknowledgement. That is really, really sweet of you. And, you know, I love having guests on such as yourself because we get to go boldly where people have not gone before. And I definitely (laughs) think that your book does take us there. In fact, one of your one of your bolded titles within the book is Boldly Going Where You've Never Been, A Voyage into Your Very Own Awareness. And I think that that is so much the time that we're in. We cannot get out of where we are until we learn that it really is our own responsibility to dive into ourselves and and go places that we haven't been. And I think um, that much of what you do uh, in regard to quantum think is... um, really going to help take us there. So will you talk a little bit first about what the word quantum really signifies to you because many people kind of have their own view of what that word is or what they've heard it being said as for so long and then how that translates into quantum think. Okay, sure. You know, it really has become a kind of a buzzword, but it's a good buzzword, (laughs) that word quantum. And what it really, well, what it actually means is it designates an amount. And uh, it actually comes from when the father of quantum mechanics, quantum physics, Max Planck, 
uh, in the early 20th century when he discovered that energy does not move in a smooth, continuous flow, but it actually makes birth leaps in packets of energy that he called quanta, hence the word quantum. And so what it was originally signified was the smallest unit of measurable energy. And uh, one of the main characteristics of these quantum leaps is that it was about the, uh, the energy, the orbit. <laughs> I don't want to get too technical because quantum thinking is not about science. It's about how these discoveries have, can shape the way we think, how we've been shaped, and how we can shape our own thinking now for this new time we're in. But anyway... Uh, so, what's characteristic of it is that there could be an instantaneous shift in the field, in the spin, in the orbit, so, and no traceable pathway. So, this is really how um, my mentor, and who became a very good friend of mine, and who wrote the foreword to my book, Dr. Fred Allen Wolf who you may know, and I don't know if you've ever had him on, but uh, he is a quantum physicist who writes for the layman and explains these things. And he was telling me one day about how these discoveries invent new language, like the term quantum leap. So as I was just describing, what happens is that kind of terminology comes into the language from the scientific discovery, and in the language begins to shape our thinking. And eventually, it comes into the public consciousness, into the public mind and awareness. And now we use it in a very everyday, ordinary way. Most people use that term, quantum leap, to indicate something that is discontinuous with the past, with the pattern of the past, so that there is this instantaneous shift, but there's no traceable pathway as to how it got there. So how this uh, applies in quantum thinking is that when you start to look at these new world views, uh, which you know, much of which is what your show really is uh, bringing to people and your magazine and all of your work, that what, when you start to look at these characteristics of what we know at the edge of discovery today, that life, one of, the, one of them is, is that things occur in quantum leaps. If we want to make a shift, in our own lives, that we can do it when we become adept with what I call the five natural faculties of mind, knowing that the quantum worldview, the, the big paradigm shift in the science was that it went from a matter-based the reality, the industrial age, the universe as machine, to a mind-based reality. Oh, things don't begin in matter. It begins in mind, and it eventually manifests in matter. And so, as we know, you know, in everyday, ordinary uh, reality, that it's matter 
densely packed, moving in ultra, ultra slow speeds, what Einstein called frozen light, (laughs) right? And so, but perceptually, we perceive things as solid and fixed, but they're really not. So when we talk about, you know, what does it mean, a quantum reality? Uh, uh, What is the great shift that's going on today? How do we implement that in ourselves? How do we do it in the world that in every moment we can affect an instantaneous shift in our own energy state? In our Let me own- ask you something real quick, Dan, because as you were talking, it, it, it just it dawned on me. You know, there's so many people out there that are stuck or they're feeling stuck, and, and they're not moving because they say of their fears or, or their excuses, as I talk about on the Rebel Road, that it's our excuses that hold us back. But when I hear you talk about quantum and how it is these leaps of birth, then would it be that when we talk about le- taking leaps of faith in life, that we are that very same energy that are to be those leaps of birth and that a leap of faith is exactly that same thing? That's exactly right and beautifully said, Simron. And, you know, here's the thing, what you were talking about in the introduction, is that what I call my revelation is that since... We live, you know, this is what I want to explain about where we get stuck or where we feel like, you know, or where we're questioning, can we really do it? Is that I realized that these shifts or these new discoveries, these, this way of thinking, it doesn't take place one thought at a time, thank goodness. <laughs> Imagine the <laughs> agony of trying to do that. But that like everything in the universe, it's a universe of systems and that our thinking takes place as a system. And that this is why I say the myth of choice because we're in a quantum age and we are Thankfully, watching the most cutting-edge science now prove and verify what the ancient universal wisdom has said since the beginning of recorded time, that we are interconnected. It is a multidimensional reality. It is a reality of energy and flux informed by intelligence, consciousness-based, that there are these other uh, dimensionalities to life. And yet, our thinking is still under the influence of what I lovingly call the old world view, that industrial age view that started in 17th century, the beginning of rational science, when they declared only matter is real. So what happened in terms of ourselves and our institutions, even those of us who have been, we could say, born metaphysicians, born seekers, born knowing that we're here to evolve and evolve our consciousness, even those of us who are, who are you know, engaged in this, Simran, we still are under, from a thinking perspective under the influence of the old worldview. And what was that? Well, they said everything, you know, universe as machine divided up 
into its parts. It's called reductionistic is one of the terms that's used. Reduce it to its constituent parts and figure out what it's made of and how these parts work in a cause and effect world, and then we'll be able to predict and control everything. So when you look at that, our whole society has been brought up under the focus of the ordinary five sensory reality. So when education, for example, in traditional education, until now I'm creating that it's changing, that we don't study the faculties of mind. We don't learn how to use the power of intent, how to connect to infinite intelligence using in a very, you know, disciplined, serious way our intuition. Fun, too. Let's put that in there. We don't learn about that everything is resonance and that we are going to be attracted to, you know, the frequency range that we're vibrating in. We're not learning about what I consider also a faculty of mind, a meditation, a meditative faculty. That meditation is not only a practice, an important practice, many different kinds of meditation we know, but it's also a state that we can be in simultaneously that meditative state where that, you know, cognitive, that click, 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 I, I call it, of the thinking mind, that that comes almost to rest so that we can simultaneously be in the transcendent state and in the imminent state where we are the person, the persona, the personality, all the roles that we play, the mother, daughter, you know, the work that we do, it actively in the world, in the worldly sense, so that we're both the transcendent and the imminent self functioning together. So imagine... I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them contemplate and let that sink in while we go to a commercial break, Diane, and we will continue. When you realize the extent to which we live ensnared in dry intellectual concepts, rather than from the awakened heart, in touch with the conscious experience of spirit springing forth from our soul, you can understand how a distorted worldview has cultivated a humanity who willingly devotes billions of dollars to weapons of mass destruction and organized strategic killing while devoutly quoting the scriptures. You can see why the total disconnect exists between the illusion and the actuality of the way we are being. When you begin with a fundamental premise that is out of harmony with universal natural law, it is logical you would end up with confused and incoherent ways of being. This is from the book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World by author Diane Collins. I invite you to find out more about Diane at her website, dianecollins.com. That's D-I-A-N-N-E-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. And when you go there, you're going to find out that there is also the way that you can keep quantum thinking in your awareness by receiving her free weekly inspirational and thought-provoking email message, a quantum think moment to keep you going in that direction. Diane Collins is an original thinker dedicated to people living spirited, joyful, and effective lives. You can find her at diannecollins.com. We'll be right back with Do You Quantum Think?
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Simron at Simron-Singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. When you see how our worldview has conditioned us to react to life in automatic, limited, and mechanical ways, you breathe a sigh of relief knowing it's not personal, it's cultural. A stage of evolution we now have the opportunity to transcend. This is from the book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World by author Diane Collins. I can definitely say that as I've been on the rebel road, one thing that I do try to keep telling people is there is nothing to save, fix, or heal out there or inside. In fact, I believe that there's not even a seeking that needs to be done or a path that we need to be on. But we cannot see from an old world view if we're trying to step into a new world. So what do we do with that? Diane, what, what does that mean? Because I think, you know, when you say it's not personal, it's cultural, I think so many people are still locked in that place of it being personal to them rather than what you were talking about, it being systems and, and us being the energy bursts and, and the leaps of, of where we need to go. Talk a little bit about personal versus cultural. Well, when you realize that, that system of assumptions, that's what it is. Assumptions, you know, what is the world view? Assumptions, beliefs about the nature of reality and how it works, what's possible and what's not, what we're capable of and what's not. And so when you realize, you know, think of it even as an analogy, classical mechanical worldview gave rise to machine age, industrial age. And I say, you know, not to criticize any of us, but we've become a little bit automatic and mechanical in the way that we approach things, the way that we think, because it has conditioned us. That old world view has us conditioned to think that reality is in some way fixed and solid, fixed and static. So when we, you know, it was like, we look in the circumstances 
and we analyze it, and we make a conclusion, and then we proceed to live from these conclusions. And these conclusions, Imran, can be, you know, very, you know, ordinary things, conclusions we make about the people in our family, the people we work with, uh, about our government, about the corporation, about how the world is going. And when you quantum think, you realize something very fundamentally different, and that is that there is no absolute fixed way that reality is. It's a universe of energy and flux informed by intelligence. So when you realize, oh, the old world view, that was a stage, what I, you know, and I'm just, who knows? It doesn't matter if it's actually the truth or not. It's a way of just thinking about something, putting a context, a framework around it so that we can free ourselves from it. So you think, oh, well, at that point, in humanity's unfolding, we needed to organize, you know, the, the disciplines of all the sciences and it, so many things that make life convenient and useful today came from that kind of analytical linear thinking. But now, as you pointed out at the uh, top of the show, is that we have reached that whatever got uh, created from that level of thinking, from that stage in our evolution, has reached the limits of its effectiveness. And that's why we see now that all the, the systems and structures that we have been used to living in, they've come under, you know, public scrutiny and, and they're breaking down. And that's the good news because we know that What's no longer effective, whether it's in our lives personally or whether it's in the collective society, that that has to break down to make room for the, for the new. It's no difference than, you know, clearing out under a mercury retrograde, <laughs> clearing out the old clothes in your closet or the files. I, I, what you're saying resonates so deeply with me because I know that when I received the vision to embark on the Rebel Road last year and, and, and so much was swirling within me in ideas, I knew that who I had been had gotten me as far as I could go. And for me to have a different life, I had to dive into the unknown. I had to dive into my unknown self and I got very clear on the ways that I had created the excuses in my own life or I had created the things that bind me, um, and, and we all do that, and we all create these circumstances, and you speak to it in the section called Mastery where you talk about least action pathways and, and how it is those automatic patterns and habits, habits that limit us, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, about that because that least action pathway you stated that it's been the, the route that we've taken every time before, and it sounds almost like that's the place that we settle rather than leap. Well, that's the place where you could say we're the most unaware, like the least awakened, let's say, right, in that, because a least action pathway, I borrow this term from science, it means the least creative action, the most mechanical way simply because it's been that route before. So habits of thinking, habits of, of energy patterns. And so if you think of it, the reason that I labeled it that way, Simran, is so we could free ourselves. Because if, if I say, oh, mechanical worldview 
that's created these least action pathways thoughts. It's not, I, this is what I call the myth of choice. And here's how you know. If you were choosing, you would not choose a disparaging thought about yourself or others. If you were at true, awakened, conscious choice. Would you go along with that? Mm-hmm. So... This is why I call it the myth of choice, because to the extent that, and here's the other thing, when you make this leap and you, to the quantum world system of principles, that's what quantum think, it's a system of 21 principles, so that's what it's designed to do. So we connect to our, the, these principles within ourselves that are operating within each one of us and throughout the universe. It's not like I'm saying something we don't already know. It's something that you recognize when it's brought into your awareness. But the idea is it becomes like an embracing, embraceable vortex. It's like a warm blanket so that when you leap systems... You don't have to think about every single word because you're being carried along. It's like you go on the roadway, right? You went on a road trip. And there's a system that enables you to get where you're going. And you have free choice within that system. But you don't have to feel like you're wandering aimlessly. So it's the same thing when you leap thinking systems because... You cannot see, and you know, it's like looking from the principles rather than at them from a more undifferentiated place. So it would be like if you wanted to know what is it like to live in New York City, but you're living in Charleston, Carolina, <laughs> then you could get, you know, pictures of it, videos of it, friends tell you about it, people bring you <laughs> a bagel from New York, but you're not really knowing experientially what it is to live until you go there. So exactly. You know, I talk about I talk about us being experience experiencing itself. And in in hearing you talk about the myth of choice, it almost seems that at a very subtle level when we want to proclaim that we have this power of choice, that it's actually a subtle form of control. And, and what I'm hearing you say is that there's a, a system that is taking place that, in a sense, we really don't have any control over, but that where we need to go instead of pushing or making or, or trying to have something happen a certain way, it's more about allowing and flowing within a system that's already there and seeing all of the choices that become available, whether that is called infinite possibility or all possibility, but it sounds like that's what you're asking us to really embrace. Would yes. that be accurate? I love the way that you're saying it because I never actually thought of it quite that way. But there is, that's it. But you see, the one point I want to make, though, is that in every moment we do have choice. But this is the point. To the extent that we're still under that old world, you know, least action pathway and there are conditioning, we don't. And here's the other thing that I really, you know, how do we know what we know, right? We just know. That kind of inner knowing that when you're quiet and you listen and the wisdom that comes through each of us, that is unique to each of us, but we can all share in, that what I realize is when you're 
when you're quantum thinking, I use the term, you know that we exist in fields and we know that we exist in invisible fields of energy intelligence in a constant exchange. So when you think about, you know, you get quiet and we all talk about, you know, we heard, you know, like we received message from spirit or it doesn't matter whether it's channeled or however it comes in. And we know that and we accept that. And then what I realize is that we also are receiving unwittingly. We're not asking for it. But because we exist in mind fields, or I like to call it now the thoughtosphere, (laughs) there's a biosphere surrounding us, there's a thoughtosphere, that thoughts are coming in that I would venture to say are not even our own. And this is the great news, Simran, because it means that when you have a thought and we can distinguish between a thought that you initiate consciously with the awareness that you are choosing that thought because every moment we do have choice within this, as you put beautifully, within the parameters of what divine uh, divinity has given us. But what that you can dis- differentiate between a thought you originate, a thought you're choosing, and a thought that I call, very simply, just visits from the surrounding thoughtosphere. We don't have to own every thought that crosses into our mind sphere. We don't have to identify with every thought. And we certainly, and most importantly, we don't have to believe every thought. Because, again, quantum worldview means there are no other than what we think of as divine creator or however you relate to God in that way. There are no absolute fixed realities. We are here as competent creators, co-creators of our reality, of our experience. And we can do this together when we become facile with these dynamics of creation, as you said, in create an intent, and then you allow and you watch that unfolding. And again, we don't have to own every thought that visits from the thoughtosphere surrounding us as our own. And this frees you right now. I hope everyone who's listening is getting free right in this moment. It's like, really? I had a thought, a disparaging thought, a worrisome thought. I don't need to hang on to that reality. Let that I wanna go, go by. I want to go more deeply into that when we come back from the commercial break. We are in a live substance universe. It has life force. Every cell, every atom, every quark. You and I are the shapeshifters, the meaning makers, the heartbreakers. Mind is a more most powerful creative faculty in our live substance universe. If you have negative thoughts and allow yourself to indulge in them, you will have a negative experience. It's that simple. You will affect your brain and body chemistry, which translates into your mood or emotional state. Your state emanates beyond you. It broadcasts out to others. You affect the field around you. You might as well have had a good or pleasant thought, so you and others have a desirable experience. This is from the book. 
What do you, do you quantum think? New thinking that will rock your world by Diane Collins. You can also, uh, allow yourself to access, uh, this wonderful system which offers 21 simple yet profound principles and practices that will expand your mind, lift your spirit, and satisfy your soul. This is more than a book to be read and placed on the shelf. Do You Quantum Think is actually going to be a resource that helps you tap into your own unique wisdom and apply it. So as Diane Collins says, not just know the wisdom, but to live it. You can find out more about her at dianecollins.com and you can also... Uh, find out some of the other things she's doing, as well as get her Quantum Think message. We'll be right back with Diane Collins and Quantum Think It. This is the 7th Wave Channel. On the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you would like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to Simron at simron singh.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simron Singh. In Do You Quantum Think, author Diane Collins shares her ingenious discovery that reveals a critical missing link to making sense of our changing times. Her discovery provides us the understanding and the methodology to rise above problems of today by laying the foundation for an entirely new way to think. Part science, part philosophy, part spirituality, Do You Quantum Think draws on a wide spectrum of sources from cutting-edge innovations in the sciences to the insights of the world's greatest spiritual leaders. I think this book will make you laugh, free you from limiting ideas, and introduce you to the most advanced principles and practical methods for living. The title is Do You Quantum Think? And it will rock your world in the best of ways as you experience one revelation after another. It is definitely jam-packed and filled with a lot of concepts. They're going to help you uh, embody a little bit more of the energy bursts that are meant to leap. Diane, we were talking about changing the thought or not having to grab hold of every single thought that comes into us and how you feel 
that we often have many thoughts that are not even ours, but yet we seem to believe that every thought that passes through our head is ours. And there's a section in your book where you talk about one of the most useful assets of mastering our mind is the ability to just drop it and move on. And that seems like what you're talking about, number one, in terms of some of these thoughts that pass through that maybe are not the most empowering or the most kind or loving, but also perhaps some of the experiences that we're having because we do tend to carry around a lot of baggage far too long. And that impacts not only our attitude and our emotions, but then ripples out to impact the entire experience that we have. That's right, Simran, because we tend to dwell in it. And I know that, you know, we've all had experiences. I know you have had (laughs) a number of circumstances. It's not like we don't have circumstances. So you could say it like this. Living a conscious life, what does it mean? We may not be able to control every circumstance that comes our way. And maybe our soul did pick that, right? Did choose to put ourselves in an environment where we could experience out what we needed to. And another way of looking at it is, you know, these circumstances that befall us, uh, in another way, they tr- I call it training us when you look at, you know, distinguishing your own worldly purpose. All the experiences we've had, the gifts we're born with, the people in our lives at any moment, you know, any passing time in our life, if you look at your life as one whole story and you start to see the connections and you realize that there's a patterning to everything, including our lives, and then you start to see that even that which we consider the worst of circumstances plays an integral role to where we are now that enables us to keep expressing our purpose in many different ways. We're here to give that contribution of that who we are, but what what you are pointing to is... It's like this. We can't control the circumstances, but what we have absolute command and jurisdiction over, we sovereignty over, is how we relate to the circumstances. And that's where the mastery with our own mind, and what I mean by mind is not just, you know, the kick cognitive left brain, but what we hold in our awareness. So as you said, Simran, we don't have to hold on to those, uh, even those memories. We can create a relationship with those memories, such as what I just said, that that has been part of our life uh, experience, that divinity has given us the opportunity for these experiences. Because let's say if something really... Um, tragic, which does happen to people, happens, that it gives you an experience of deep compassion. The reason I brought this up is I was talking to somebody who actually had, I don't want to get into the details, but something like this the other day. And that person is now a counselor. So you realize when you, you know, Think about what the great meditation masters and the great spiritual teachers, you know, say is if you want to recognize a really good teacher, uh, that 
one of the characteristics is that they've actually had an experience of what they're teaching. It's not conceptual for them. So that's the difference between, you know, as I call living the wisdom, being the walking, talking, integrated embodiment of the wisdom, or just it's a good idea concept, but a little bit separate. So when you have these deep experiences, whether they're joyful, whether they're sad, that this is part of our training and this is, enables us to give the gift of the wisdom that we derive from it. So in that way, we can create a relationship with our circumstances. That's where we're at choice. We can create consciously a relationship with our thinking as a system and with the thoughts that just visit or a thought that I say, you know what? I'm going to create a new thought using the power of my intent, and that's going to shape what I resonate. You talk about this uh, consciously uh, thinking and choosing consciously, and, and you spoke about it even in the last segment. And, and in the book, you say to quantum think is to live consciously, to deliberately and willingly choose conscious evolution, to create and hold the intent for an evolution of our own consciousness. Um, and you speak about how we are in this multidimensional universe of infinite possibility and the many ways that we could distinguish this evolution. Can you go into some of those various forms of evolution and how that really does uh, move us into both the worldly and individual evolution that is the factor of our own choice? Love to. Uh, Well, you could say there's universal evolution, where we know that, you know, when you think about the the biggest story, let's call it that, right? So there's something going on where we know that, you know, the earth formed, life formed, whether it came from the Big Bang or not, I'm not so sure about that, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We know that there's been this evolution of life forms. So... There's that type of evolution. And then there is our own, we could say, soul evolution. And this is where we come into this incarnation. And there is, you know, when we look at, I'm an avid, uh, serious student of astrology, And when you look at the astrological natal chart, it's called the birth chart, you know, where, what was the position of the planets and their relationship to one another at the exact moment of birth? And these are planetary energies that are, you know, have an effect. But what you, when astrologers talk about that as a blueprint, a soul blueprint. So it's like any kind of blueprint. It comes, you know, there is a certain destiny to it, and there's free will. It's a both and. And so you could have, you know, what do you, so there's this other kind of evolution going on where you're coming in to keep evolving your soul. And, you know, we could think of it in many ways. We're all evolving just to know ourselves as aspects of divinity 
you know, reflecting divinity back to divinity. We could say that, or, you know, however you like to think about it. But if you think about it in a very practical, everyday way, so you know you, this enables you to connect in a much deeper way to yourself and to what's going on and to why you were born into this particular era, E-R-A, this time frame of this unfolding for humanity because then you have your worldly purpose where each of us has our unique contribution to give. So when you look at all of this and we know that now what's significant is that we're in a time of an evolution in consciousness because that is what is going to have this great shift that we all like to uh, talk about. The great shift is already happening. We know that the frequency, the light frequencies, are getting more refined, speeding up, you know, and I was just having interviewed about this yesterday, about how do you keep yourself vibrationally high or why is that important? And this is it, is that when you keep yourself in these more rarefied states, you are stepping in sync with what's going on now, with what you're here to be and what you're here to, um, to manifest through you. And so when you look at it, and I like to look at it astrologically and go back to something you said earlier in the show, Simran, about that, you know, you've been on the road and you realize that you, <laughs> you know, you, you're starting to relate to yourself in a new way. Is that, am I depicting that accurately, what you were saying yeah. before? Well, I knew that in order to have a different experience that I had to be able to relate to myself in a new way. Yeah, and you know, you just articulate things so beautifully. And what, so when you look at this, now I, you know, know the astrological cycles. There, it's always, you know, we're in a universe of, there are cycles on top of cycles on top of cycles. So some is, you know, a 250-year cycle, some is a 20-year cycle, you know, the moon is a two-and-a-half-day cycle. But when you, one of the cycles that is going on right now is the cycle of the Uranian cycle, Uranus in Aries. And what that means, Aries is, uh, the key word is I am. It has to do with identity and it has to do with leadership. And it's the new beginning. It's the beginning of the zodiac is the, the month of Aries. So what does that mean to us? It's a seven year cycle and we are, so it's not, ex- well, let's just say it's a seven year cycle and we're about three and a half years, I think, into it. And so, well, we're as, as you go into that, because we have a couple of minutes left, and I think there's an important piece I'd love to at least touch on, because you do touch on it in the book, and I want people to understand um, kind of the journey that they get through this book, so that they under that they know that this will take them um, to new levels of themselves. When we're looking at all this movement, our, our natural tendency as a society is to be busy. And, and to constantly think we have to do something else. And there is a power in, in nothing. There is a power in even doing nothing, and that's actually part of the system 
that has to be in place. Speak a little bit to that. I think we have about uh, two to three minutes left. Okay. So you can share a little on that say point. That we're all, it is a time that we're all being asked to relate to ourselves in a new way, to express ourselves with a new identity. And that brings up what you just said, which is, and I call this in uh, the quantum think system, the zero-point state, which is that state in which you are at rest, your mind is at rest, that you are in the deepest connectivity, because it's life is all about connectivity, right? You're in the deepest connectivity with spirit, with divinity, with that sacred, infinite, intelligent field. And so I think this is what you're pointing to, Simran, is that you don't have to get yourself like, you know, one of the cultural least action pathways of people is, you know, what do I do? Okay, I should have a new identity. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, no, it's that all you have to do is listen. And I think that your books are about that, right? Yeah. Where you are knowing that you can be in that, zero-point state, the state at which your mind comes to a rest, where you're silent inside. And, you know, the masters say that the masters are silent even when they speak. And it's a very interesting conundrum. So you can be silent even when you are in action, because if you listen from the zero-point state, if you watch from the zero-point state, you will be in that kind of like the martial arts master, like in that flow state. You know, that's really, really powerful because I can definitely know that, you know, me diving into the rebel road and that being completely unlike myself because I've been such a hermit throughout all of my life, and this was such an external persona that was now being exhibited. What did go to rest were all the patterns and the behaviors and the different ways I had always done things. And from that state, I feel the birthing that's taking place and the newness of something else that is trying to come through. So it's so clear what you're saying in that chapter about the zero point and the power of nothing and and I think an incredibly powerful chapter in a book that is filled with so many uh, beautiful and powerful pieces. So I'd like to finish off the show just with another snippet from the book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World by author Diane Collins. You can find out more about her at diannecollins.com. The review is, we are in a new time. It's a different reality. We have been functioning in a limited view. Systems work other than we thought. It is a time of evolution of consciousness itself. This evolution takes conscious choice of the individual, the organization, the institution, the collective. It cannot be an intellectual exercise. It's not about information. It is a practice. It's a direct personal experience, moment by moment, of your own self-awakening. You can do it, and it is easy. Definitely get your copy of Do You Quantum Think by Diane Collins and find out more about her work at diannecollins.com. I also invite you to uh, 
register for 1111 magazine, which is freely given to humanity. The next issue will be a jam-packed issue of many awarenesses and beautiful pictures and insights from the first leg of the Rebel Road Tour. So I invite you to enjoy that and the many hearts and voices that I met along the way so that you can discover many people that are out there being creative rebels in their own lives. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh, in love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.